And I am here doing a podcast because I realized that uh, in the recent past, I have been doing multiple podcasts. Uh, the other podcast I do is John and Alex Hate Stuff, uh, available on the internet. We talk about movies every week. It's it's a very good show. But what I realized was I put one of those up on the feed. I put up a um, back when I did a Simpsons podcast. And I'm pretty sure one of those I kept in the iteration of the Alex cast. So, technically, I haven't actually gotten to 300 episodes yet, which I said I was going to get to 300 episodes, so I thought I'd come back on, I'd record a quick little solo show, so I can make sure I get 300, and then I can say, hey, the Alex cast did 300 episodes, and, and you know, we're there, we're good, everything's going to be perfect. So, here we are, uh, doing an Alex cast, I suppose, I don't know. Um... I said, um, so therefore it is officially an Alex cast. Let us open as we always do. The sky above the port was the color of television, tuned to a dead channel. But no one knows what a dead channel looks like anymore, because all art is aging into uselessness in the modern world. That's a William Gibson quote. Not the end part, that just the sky above the port with the color of television tuned to a dead channel. It's just a thought I had that... There's a lot of kind of cultural references, and you know this is goes back to forever. But there's a lot of cultural references that age, you know, that you don't understand. You know, reading the Iliad, there's all these, you know, the Odyssey, whatever, ancient stuff. There's references that we won't get now. Uh, Shakespeare's like that, you know, ton of shit that, without having to look into it, it doesn't make any kind of like traditional sense. Traditional sense, you know, what I'm saying modern sense, and it's just interesting that the tuned to a dead channel i don't know if like younger people uh let's say people that were born i don't know 1990 in the year two let's say in the year 2000 uh that are turning 18 now know what a television tuned to a dead channel looks like it's an interesting thought or it's a very boring thought fuck if i know been doing this show for a very long time Still have absolutely no goddamn idea what is interesting and what is not. Sorry. It happens. Yeah, so as this show historically has operated, I have a list of things to talk about on a screen in front of me. Uh, I have a listener question. And the things on the screen in front of me make very little sense. And I don't know if I can do like a half an hour on them. So, again, this is very much uh, an Alex cast. Oh, here's an idea I had. This, oh, man, this is going to be all over the fucking place. I can tell already. So I had an idea that it would be, I mean, it would just waste so much time and I don't have the ability to make it. But So you know how in role-playing games, like uh, video game role-playing games, you start in the beginning and you're like, uh, you know, you wake up in a small hamlet somewhere and, and you're, you've got, 10 hit points 
and and five magic points. And you're like, oh, I, you have to go kill the evil princess or <laughs> the fuck you do in RPGs. And you set out and you're like, oh, I'm wandering around and oh, here's the first, you know, castle and, and uh, I have to fight the evil princess's minions. And, uh, and, and those, and the princess is like, oh, I'm going to send my minions after you. And you beat the minion and you're like, oh, now I have, you know, 20 HP and, and, and 20 magic points. And I learned how to shoot lightning sword one. <laughs> and then you utter out some more to kill some monsters and you get, Hey, now I've got lightning sword two fire one. Uh, I've got the shield of Glafnaven and uh, and a helmet that repels midges, and you know is is plus five against mosquitoes, and you're you've got like a hundred HP, and you so you progress through the game. And at the end, you get to evil lady, the you know evil princess lady, and she's like, ah, oh, I'm an evil princess, and I'm very powerful, and uh, um. You know, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up with my evil princess power. And you're like, no, I've got, you know, 1500 hit points and I can use the spell of Bockley Smokesnack. <laughs> yes, Bockley Smokesnack. It's, uh, it's by the Hormel Corporation. They now make magical spells. So you Bockley Smokesnack and you're like, ah, Kazam, huzzah. And, and, and then you hit the lady and she's like, oh, but I will reveal my true evil princess power form. And she becomes, you know, evil princess power with like a, like a beautiful ball gown and, and spikes. And, uh, and then you're like, ah, your spikes mean nothing to me. And then you beat her and you're like, oh, I've, I've done it. The, the land has been freed from, from evil princess. And now, you know, we can go back to, you know, like our feudal farming lives and, and, you know, just trudge until our backs break and we die at 40. But you know, hey, at least the evil princess isn't around, you know instilling a form of stability on the land because, you know, she was the one that ran the army. But, you know, that that aside, yay, she's dead. Okay, so here's here's the idea of, of a um, of an interesting take on that. And it would, it would be very stupid, but, it, you know, like a flash game, like a 10-minute flash game, is you should play a game from the villain's perspective, but if the villains weren't idiots. So you start off and you're like, uh, you're, uh, you're playing as evil princess. So it's like the game would be called the legend of evil princess, the, 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 the descending villain. So your first fight is with a, was with a boss battle. That's like kind of hard, but you, you defeat it easily. And then your next battle is like not that hard at all. And then your next one is, is just, you know, you'd have to really suck to lose. And then the next one is like really fucking easy. And then the next one is like, it takes one hit. And then the next one, it takes one hit. And then you end up in a small village and, and you go into the bedroom of this hero that hasn't been chosen yet. And you kill them in their sleep. So basically you do an RPG in reverse. So you just get sequentially easier, easier opponents as the game goes on until at the end, you know, you sneak into you know, Link's bedroom before he gets the wooden sword and just, you know, you stab him through the face with your evil princess fingers.
And thus would be the dumbest video game ever. Well, not the, the dumbest. Um, I guess the dumbest would be... Here's yeah, I never thought I'd talk about this. Have you guys heard about... And, you know, I'll wait for the episode to come out for you to answer me. Uh, the world's most boring video game. It's uh, made by Penn Teller. Um, the Magicians. So the game was made to be just horrifically boring. And it is, uh, I think they call it the bus trip. But the game is like 8-bit Nintendo style. Or I think it actually came out during the Nintendo era. And the entire game is driving, I think it's driving from L.A. to Las Vegas in real time. And you just control a bus for, you know, X number of hours. I have no idea how long that takes, but that's the entire game. And I don't think you can beat it. I think that's just the thing. And maybe you have to turn around and drive it again. It's supposed to be incredibly boring and very stupid. And that was the point. And that they do like charity tournaments where they, you know, make, well, not tournaments, charity events where they make people play that game. And then, you know, as long as you can last, you give money to, you know, people with arm maladies incorporated or, you know, whoever. But yeah, um, it's an interesting thing. You can find video of it on, on the YouTube there. If you want to. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to live. It was just, you know, I was talking about a Japanese RPG. So, of course, I would end up talking about the Penn & Teller 8-bit game. Because I'm good at podcasting? Is that is that a true statement? It's not. But, you know, as I said, I promised 300 episodes, so... I'm going to give you 300 episodes. It's going to happen, guys. On my list of things to talk about other than that weird quote. So, oh, you know, I didn't really even go into that. So the, the reason I opened with that, the sky was the color of a television tuned to a dead channel, is I just was thinking about uh, storytelling in our modern era where technology is replaced so easily. It's going to be very hard in the future to read novels of this era that are set in this era. So, like, um, I mean, this is movies. It's probably easier to talk about. But, like, if you watch a movie and you can tell from the cell phone when the movie takes place. That's only because we're very near to this time. In 50 years' time, you might be able to differentiate between, well, that's before, that's pre-smartphone cell phone and smartphone era or maybe you know that kind of thing or whatever comes next but right now we can go like oh well that's original cell phone big giant ones and then smaller more slim ones then flip phones and then kind of smartphones that's you know that's the kind of vague you know run through but those tiny nuances and differentials are going to be useless but, you know, they're still incorporated into you know, TV shows and movies. And same goes for books. So it's going to be interesting that, like, let's say you have a character go on to, you know, Google and ask Google a question. Where Google is probably going to be gone in 50 years. Where even the concept of search engines, because, like, with the onset of, like, Alexa and, you know, these kind of rudimentary artificial intelligences that we have where they just answer the question for you, it's going to be this, it's going to be like a Gutenberg press to actually have to have typed into a search bar for the question, you know, whatever question you have. 
So then, but people are still going to read the works of, you know, today. So like, let's say, um, I don't know, my favorite writer is uh, Hiroki Murakami. And I, I pronounced both those words wrong. But I seem to remember there was, there was a book in which a character uses a computer. And it's such an important part of our day-to-day life, but it's, 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 you know, it's so ephemeral and it's so kind of the the technology turns over so quickly. It's going to be interesting to go back and read about it. I guess, I don't know. It's just weird. Like I remember reading Foucault's Pendulum and they, there's a whole thing about like floppy disks and uh, uh, kind of guessing passwords and the technology is, is ancient and rudimentary uh, to today's standards, but I guess it still makes sense. I suppose you know, in in situ, in context, it it, it, it will. I don't know. Like, like oh, he you know he sat down at his computer and put put his hand on the mouse. That's going to be an interesting thing because mice are going to be gone. It's going to be all touchpads or gesture based. Are people going to have to remember mice? Like, are we going to have to? Like, did people reference the individual parts of the Gutenberg press or the or the Jacquard loom? Like, yeah. Anyway, so you know, if you're writing a book right now, try to keep technology out of it. That's really where I'm, I'm driving at here. And um, if you're referencing physics, try to just you know use it in vague terms because that shit turns around real quick too. You read a uh, you know like old. Um, Sherlock Holmes, I talk about, you know, vapors and, you know, the, the, the essential spirits that are inside of you, the, the, the four humors that need to be balanced because, you know, medicine. Um, yeah, as, so that was a conversation I had with myself. Have I ever talked about how hard it is to do a solo show? <laughs> it's, hey, just talking to a mic for all. I mean, I guess it's not that hard if I'd show prepped, but I, I don't. I just write down in a in a text file, things to talk about and hope that something comes from it. But anyway, I, so I asked Twitter, I'm at the Alex cast on Twitter, uh, for ideas for solo shows. And, um, our friend, uh, smoking lady J, she, uh, asked me about summer vacations growing up. Like what I remember most, you know, travel, going to camp uh, stories. And then what do I love about it as an adult? So let's start with the, the, the youth. All right. What do I remember growing up summertime? Well, my adolescence, I just skateboarded a lot. So that's, that's that. It was just all summer. It was lots of skateboarding. Um, we had a pool in the backyard, an above ground pool. Cause we were very classy. We're, we're that kind of lower middle class thing where it's like, Hey, let's, let's kind of, imitate what it's like to be actual middle class so you get like kind of the the shittier versions of everything you know um and we would play wall ball um we'd throw up a, a you know some form of you know like a racket ball against the side of the house and then bounce it back and it well you know you throw it from while you're in the pool and bounce it back and then try to catch it while whilst fighting off uh, the other competitors i don't remember there's a point scoring system but that certainly was a thing um, oh, the other part I remember, so, um, in my backyard, there was this, uh, uh, well, we called it a brook, a creek, a tiny rivulet of river, it's just a man-made thing, um, actually it came from 
rolled right by a chemical factory, uh, like less than a half a mile away, which I'm sure that really worked out well. But yeah, we would go into there and catch uh, crayfish, crawfish, if you're other places in the country. And we'd build dams, like just kind of pile rocks that went across the length of this river to make it higher in that spot. I don't really know why we wanted to make it higher, but, you know, I was a kid in the pre-internet era, so, like, there was, wasn't, there wasn't a lot to do. Uh, we played games of Manhunt uh, in the neighborhood. I don't really remember the rules of the manhunt, but I think it I think that's a reasonably nationwide thing. Uh, every year we'd go to a lake in upstate New York called Lake George. This was a big this was the big yearly bowling trip. And we wake up like ridiculously early in the morning, drive to this fucking lake campground, and go camping for um I guess a week. I don't remember how long. Um and that was Yeah, I mean that was fun. There was a there's a red uh, rope swing that you could swing off a, a, this cliff. Not a cliff. It was probably 15 feet high, maybe. But swing out and fall and, you know, jump. And then, like, if you didn't let go in time, you'd swing back and get smashed into a cliff. Because, again, I grew up in the era where kids could... Uh, I'm just realizing now that I pronounce era like error. Uh, I have to work on that. But I, I grew up in the the time that children were let loose and allowed to die and break themselves so yay for self-sufficiency and uh, bad parenting uh, ish parenting yeah so that that was fun that's about the only thing i remember from lake george oh there was a also at lake george um there was a uh, there was a rock there in the water uh, around the lake you could walk to different spots and one was slippery rock was one of the main attractions which was a rock that was slippery and you would slip on the rock. And that, w- that was the, the whole thing. This s- slippery rock. Yeah, we, we didn't have the internet yet. I mean, it, it was like the 80s. So we found a rock that was slippery. We called it slippery rock. <laughs> Only now looking back on this campground, in quotes... It was really cheesy. Like there was like the the campsites were like right next to each other, and I don't know if that's the way it is at like you know most campgrounds. But it occurs to me that camping now uh, in the living in the Great Pacific Northwest, anytime I see my friends go camping, uh, and by friends go camping, I mean you know people I see on social media that I I vaguely know, they seem to be in the middle of fuck all nowhere, and there's not like another campsite right next door. So. uh that sounds better. I wonder why we did that. It's probably something to do with money. You know, that thing where you look back and you're like, oh, this was, what a delightful thing that we did that dad and mom thought of. And then you're like, years later, you're like, oh yeah, we only did that because we were broke as fuck and we couldn't afford going to anything else. What else do I remember about the summer? I mean, that's about it. Um, yeah, I mean, the main, I, I did, the main part was just not being at school. Uh, sleeping in. I, I've never been much of an early morning person, even even as a as a child. So, not having anything, you know, not being forced out of bed, that's like the main thing. That's great. What do I love about it as an adult? It being summer. Eh. Oh boy, not much. It's hot. I'm like a pale fat guy. I, you know, there's no, not like a lot of. 
you know, not a lot of places I feel comfortable. You know, it's certainly you ain't seeing me, you know, shirtless at a beach, um, and then walking around anywhere. You super sweaty. I pretty much hate social media during the summer because every third post is somebody's feet in in some different location, which I just I don't understand why you need your feet in the picture. Um. Yeah, I don't think I like summer. I mean, I don't dislike it. It's just, I I suppose I like autumn and spring better because it's not as hot and there's less feet in pictures. Oh yeah, the other the other downside is summer. Here, let's let's get let's can't be an Alex Cast without talking about how depressed I am. The summer's rough for like a you know a, a, a brain messed up fellow like myself, uh, especially of the of the lonely variety is uh, seeing, like, young, beautiful women walking around. That's that's rough. That hurts the old heart. Because you're like, uh, if I was... If I were a, a neurotypical, as the kids say, there would be a chance that I could be in a relationship or, like, you know, be living a life like that. But no, uh, it's just, just a parade of reminders of forgotten youth and, and loneliness. So, fuck you, Summer. <laughs> it's fine. I'd find some excuse to be depressed in the winter anyway. It's kind of my thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, just, I don't really even think about summer as an adult. I work all year. I guess if I was a teacher and had summers off, it would probably mean a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, you know what I do like about summer? Here, I actually have a, I have a good one. I like it being li- I like that it's light later because I sleep in late. Uh... In the winter, there'll be, like, days at a time I don't see the sun. And that's fucking weird and creepy. Probably unhealthy. But as an adult, it's like, in the summer, you're like, Hey, look, I get sun for, like, a while. Like, it's, like, it's, it's like, 9.30 at night, and it's still light out. It's fantastic. Um, that, that I'm, that I'm a fan of. Oh, and since the, I live in Portland, um, it's nice to not have rain all the goddamn time. Because in the winter, it just rains for, like, six months straight. But, you know, that's fine because it's not hot. I can't express enough how bad I am with heat. I was earlier today, I walked to, there's this, um, I live in a pretty rad neighborhood in Portland, and there's this little central park in the middle of the uh, neighborhood. It's a little tiny thing. But I went there and was sitting on a bench reading a book because it was nice out. And, well, it was kind of hot out, but I feel like society and social media forces me to go outside because that's what I'm supposed to do. So I went outside and I was sitting on a park bench and I was reading a book and it was like super fucking warm. And then it just, I kind of transmuted into a puddle of sweat. But that first little bit was, was nice in, until all the, until all the hot and the sweating and the, and the hay now and the glavin. But yeah, so that's, that's summer sitting in a park reading a book. Actually, weirdly enough, there's a very pretty girl in the park um, uh, doing weird things on the lawn there. Um, like, I don't know if it was it was some kind of yoga, tai chi, um, seizure disorder. I'm not really sure what it is. Um, she was listening to something on headphones. So I don't know if this was like a slow motion dance party or a, a, a nerve disorder. But it was it was interesting. She's a very, very attractive young woman, but it was uh, weird, and I couldn't 
not where I was going to say I couldn't stop looking at her. Of course, I, I could absolutely stop looking at her. I was reading a book, but I looked up more often than I normally would from the book at this very strange slow motion Tai Chi yoga dance party. Um, this may sound weird to some parts of the country, maybe, but this is like pretty much every park you go in in Portland. There's, it's just, it's just one of those or multiple of those. That's the way it is. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. It's fine. I'm glad they're not, whatever they're listening to isn't on, on a speaker. Cause I'm sure it's not something I would want to listen to. Actually, you know, what'd be really weird. Here's, here's what I would find odd. If she was listening to one of my podcasts doing that, because I was thinking about this, I've, I've run into, um, over the many, many years I've been doing podcasts, um, there's been a few occasions where I've run into listeners in the wild, like listeners I don't know, um, especially back when I took the bus pretty frequently. And I don't know where it's going with this. Uh, oh, yeah, I was just thinking it'd be funny that uh, um, somebody would be, you know, working out to listening to an Alex cast or John and Alex hate stuff. Uh, it would. Yeah, that would be. An, yeah, I don't know if anybody. Hmm. Now, now I question things. I wonder if anybody's ever worked out while listening to a podcast. Somebody's had to have, right? I, I know people fall asleep to the show. I've heard that a lot. Which is vaguely insulting, but it's, I know it's not insulting because I go to sleep to podcasts too. So I get it. I'm, I'm a comforting thing to go to sleep to. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that, but I, you know, I, I get why regular listeners would decide to tell me that. Yeah. All right. So write in if you've ever been working out and listening to the show, because that's that'd be I mean, it's not weird. I guess it makes sense, but I'd be oh, oh, wait, I was going to say, I wonder if anybody's had sex listening to the show. But I know that's happened because somebody told me about it, how they're um, they were listening on whatever, you know, speakers, or whatever their phone was on uh, random. So they were like in the middle of getting down, listening to, you know, appropriate getting down music. And an episode of the Alex Cast came out, and they did not stop, and decided to write into the show and tell me that they uh, they had the old uh, they had the old sex uh, while listening to the show, which I'm I'm pretty happy about, just because, uh, you know, at least at least I'm you know sex adjacent. <laughs> that should be yeah. That's 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 the new incel. It's sex adjacent. <laughs> It's when people listen to your podcast while fucking. Yeah, there's the thing. I don't know what to talk to you guys about. How long have I been going? Oh, 25 minutes. All right, so I'm nearly done. Solo shows are half an hour, I guess. I think I decided that. I don't fucking know. The last episode... Um... Oh, I don't know what order I'm putting these out. Okay, so either the last episode or the episode after this is going to be super long. So the first episode, the last episode, oh, fuck, I don't know. So there's an episode with Lillian. There's a solo show. That, that's this one. That's what you're listening to. And there's another episode with a guest. That had a, Eric Arneson, Arnemanzi. The, the, he's been on the show a bunch of times. So if, if that episode hasn't aired yet, it's, it's going to happen soon or in the past. And that's super long. So I think this one can be short because of, because of reasons. Yeah, because I gave like lots of other things. Because again, I'm just trying to get up 300 episodes and then I can really feel good about the show and stop doing it. So, you know, we're just kind of chipping away at it here. Uh, the rest of my notes. Uh, what? Wow. 
these are some weird ass topics. I found a Harry Potter uh, fan fiction in which Dobby uh, kills people with his groin saw, but I think you've already listened to that because I think we talked about that on the Lillian episode. Um, I'm just looking at my thing. Oh, and then it says beat stuff bookmark and then things about beatniks. That's weird. Why would I want to talk about beatniks? Huh. This is, uh, I wonder if I copy-pasted in the wrong folder, and this was for something else. Alright, well, fuck it. Let's read you a poem. I got a bunch of poems here. Uh... Uh, let's see. Alright, cool. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be terrible reading, because I haven't read this poem yet. But here, uh, this is I Am Waiting by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. I am waiting for my case to come up. And I am waiting for a rebirth of wonder. And I am waiting for someone to really discover America and wail. And I am waiting for the discovery of a new symbolic western frontier. And I am waiting for the American Eagle to really spread its wings and straighten up and fly right. And I am waiting for the age of anxiety to drop dead. And I am waiting for the, for the war to be fought, which will make the world safe for anarchy. And I am waiting for the final withering away of all governments, and I am perpetually awaiting a rebirth of wonder. That's a pretty good poem. Good for you, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, and good for me for copy-pasting that in the wrong folder. I can't imagine I wanted to talk about beatniks. I mean, I may have. I used to talk about beats all the time on the show, I think. I was being into beats. That's where my po poetic background comes from. You can read Beat Influences in The Void Sutras, uh, poems and short stories. Available on Amazon, Alex Bolin. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's about a half an hour. Um, here's, if you're listening to this, you're like some fucking devoted ass fan. So go to Amazon, buy Periphery. It's a book I wrote. If you've already purchased Periphery, leave a five-star review. It really helps, like a lot. Uh, or do the, what I just said to the Alex cast, or John and Alex hate stuff. Like if you're listening to this, you're somebody that's like, supports me because i this show is so fucking irregular there's there's you've listened to a whole episode of me yapping so like i'm, I'm begging you begging you on bended knee except i'm not on bended knee i'm sitting in a rather comfy office chair uh go to amazon leave a five-star review for any of my works or go to itunes and do that or google play podcast apple podcast stitcher play google-ness something with my name on it give five stars because it's the only way uh, anything gets done. This world is based around algorithms and, and, and random number sequencing. So the more number of stars I get, uh, the more they show things to other people. And then those other people might be able to read what I wrote. And they're like, oh, wow, what an interesting, weird book. And then, then, then everything will be great. And we're all happy. And we read beatnik poems to each other on a podcast for some inexplicable reason. Sure. All right. Yeah, fuck it. That's, that's, that's about a half hour. I don't know what I talked about. As I talked about it, I deleted notes. So that was a dumb idea. Probably should have, uh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, here's some other notes. Yeah, I got, to, oh, here's a small thing before I go. Even So after that begging, I'll, I'll do one more small, it's not a topic, but there's a car in town 
that has the, the bumper sticker. And this is what the bumper sticker said. It says, real women have two PhDs. And that, that, is, that would cause humanity's extinction if the only way you could be a real woman is to have two PhDs. Like, that number has to be really fucking low. To, I mean, that's a, that's a high fucking bar to cross to be a real woman. I mean, Christ. That's, that's got to be less than a million people, right? Of dual PhD women. And then let's think about dual PhD holders that are women that are of, you know, still fecund. <laughs> Ew. Uh, <laughs> they're still a birthing age. So let's say that's like less than 500,000 people spread across this entire world. Yeah, that's an extinction event if the only real women have two PhDs. Bumper sticker, you don't understand how this fucking planet works. It's nonsense. Real women have two PhDs. I wonder, it's, wait, are PhDs euphemism for tits? Is this a really crass? All right, I'm sorry I said that. But yeah, that's that's a bumper sticker I saw. Because that's, that's something you want to listen to on a podcast. P- bumper sticker discussions. All right, shut up, Alex. Yeah, so this that's it. This, this wasn't Alex Cast, and you have been an Alex Cast audience. All that stuff I told you about leaving reviews, do that. Like, I mean you. Like, you that's listening right now. You that supports, like, that's it. Like, go do that now. It's not like a, hey, that's a good idea. Like, do it. Like, just do it! Like, get off your ass and help your friend Alex. I've put out almost 300 episodes, and, and... Okay, I've asked for a lot of stuff over those 300 episodes, but I'm asking for more. For the love of fuck, just do it! I'm begging you, Charlie. Alright, yes, that's it. Uh, I love you. Love the show. First time listener, first time caller. Um, everybody have fun and be good. Uh, how did I used to finish? Oh yeah, I used to say namaste, and then think about how people would be really annoyed at listening to that. Alright. Namaste.